Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast, a podcast where we help you take your ideas from a dream to reality. Each episode will cover topics to help you overcome frustrations we all encounter in our maker community. I'm Trevor Wanamaker, a part-time maker running MakerExperiment.com, and Martina Miller, who's a full-time maker running Naughty by Nature Designs. We've all encountered bumps and pitfalls along the road we call making, and we are using this podcast to help you avoid the same pitfalls. Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast for episode 84, where we're talking about evolving our small businesses and learning how to do a podcast, apparently. We're just keeping it lively. Yeah. <laughs> so we do um, Zoom to chat with each other, and my screen of us talking was blocking the fact that Trevor hit record on our recording platform, so I didn't know we were ready. I like to hit record at random times and then just see what happens. I bet Brett wishes you would have, or Brent wishes you would have um, probably let it go a little longer to filter out my fan in the background. Sorry, Brent. There you go. There's your moment of silence. (laughs) (laughs) See, this is the hard part. So we work with a handyman named Brett. So I have a Brett that I talk to often, and then I have Brent that does the podcast so because it's like every few days that name gets brought up like between you or i or whatever i'm like it's really like with one difference of a letter it's very hard to keep track of what name is coming out of my mouth so i think you're just the one that makes it hard i'm just gonna have to start calling them by their last like each of them by their last names but they're both j last names so that's still not very easy that doesn't help you does it yeah So, what have you been up to? Uh, Just living the dream. Um, No, I mean, we have gotten, I think my backyard's almost done. You saw my before and afters the other day. It looked done to me. Yeah. So, we have, the only thing, this is really bougie and unnecessary, and you might laugh, is to have the TV mounted underneath the patio. And since it's going in the stucco, I'm hiring someone to do that because I'd rather blame someone for screwing it up versus me taking the chance. Well, and stucco doesn't really... Like, it doesn't anchor I, the same? No, like, yeah. not at all. So he is going to run the electrical, because it's an electrician, like a journeyman electrician and a handyman. So he'll run the electrical and mount the TV and do all that. And I could sit back and He's insured, just right? pay him. Mm-hmm. Well, there you we go. We worked with him before. So then he I, like, I'm I'd so pumped. It. Like I sometimes like I will pay extra for like the white glove like service. He's like, Oh, I'll pick up the TV mount for you. I'll pick up this. I'll pick up that. Like just give me access to the house. I'm like, this is my favorite. Do you have to worry about the TV getting any environmental issues? Mm -mm. No, it's the furthest back part of the patio. So it's like against the house. And then that patio cover is like 10 feet or 12 feet out. Okay. And then, so yeah, I've never had a TV outside, so I'm... we had one before. Before we did all the construction, but it um, it wasn't the best TV, and it wasn't well mounted. It was just on like a TV stand. But this one, it's still we have a fifty inch TV that we paid like two hundred bucks for, and that's the one that's going to go outside. So What's if anything, the temperature reading. 
probably not meant for outdoors, but the other <laughs> one, did, the other one did just fine. But it's so like it's an older one that we had out there, so you turn it on, and it's like you could feel the heat radiating off of it. You know what I oh, mean? Man. So this one is like newer and shouldn't have as many issues. Um, so I like if we can get a year or two out of it, and I have to get another one, then that's fine. So, but then well. I'll be set. So and then, of course, Amanda's like, well, we need new patio furniture because we need a conversation set that sits in front of the TV and a dining table for out there and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, lady, I have other things that I want to spend money on first. So, <laughs> Yeah, we need to – I want to make our backyard into something, but now it's too hot. It's already hitting like 110. Yeah, that's not – we had – 105 107 105 in a row this week and now it's high of 80 today and that's like the worst transition of temperature i feel like it's just your body doesn't even know what to do today is supposed to be a high of 99 that's totally manageable in vegas and then monday through thursday it's 100 102 102 105 yeah, I don't think it'll drop back below 100 until, like, October now. It's supposed to be high 90s starting Friday. See, our highs don't get as high as yours, and this TV will never get touched by the sun, because I feel like a TV in your backyard would just would melt in place, yeah. and this one will be okay. Yeah, I mean, things will definitely melt Yeah, here, for sure. We had a... We had a pack of those like 24 pack of crayolas and uh they now were left in the one car crayola. it was like the first summer we were here and it basically became one big yeah, <laughs> yeah it was it all melted together in the car and it was only like 105 yeah but, but that's outside so yeah, it's like what exactly. 120 something inside the car yeah so i do like the fact that i have the mini split now because i can be in my garage and not die Mm-hmm. But when I first moved here, I was pouring sweat while working on whatever I was doing. Dude, that's how it was this past week. Like just like when you have to go in and out like mm-hmm. of your vehicle into like an errand yeah. or whatever. And then it's like you finally get cool and then you walk outside and you're immediately sweating. I'm like, oh, that is the freaking worst. Or you can't cool off at all. So well, I don't immediately sweat, but I can like I feel like I entered an oven. Yeah. <laughs> Where your face just gets like blown with that hot air immediately but when i lived in south carolina that's where i'd walk outside and i'd immediately feel like i took a shower yeah we have so, the dry heat like you yeah it's you nice that humidity. it's dry heat but it it does kind of blow when it hits 120 and then i i felt like this past week it was contagious that our you know our air conditioner went out then my in-laws air conditioner went out and just i was like this is not a good trickle effect so thank god that i bought portable air condition uh bought one portable air conditioner for the garage last year and was given another because both got put to use this past week and i was just thinking the other day i never used the small unit i could probably get rid of it so Amanda told me I'm not allowed to ever get rid of either one of those because they're great for emergent emergent situations we have one that my friend Ken gave us that's in my garage. It makes a, like, I'm surprised. I mean, they're loud, but they definitely work. Like, I don't it's know what my. Trying to find a place to vent it out. So I vented um, the one in my room out the doggy door. And then I just that's built, I did a makeshift cardboard surround for it. Um, 
to kind of seal it off. And then the one for my son's room, the little vent thing comes with like a block for the window. And it was just a little too short. So again, a little cardboard cover and it worked perfect. But when I had to take it to my in-laws, it fit in their window like normal, like no issue. That's good. Yeah. I made a little ghetto shop furniture cart out of a spool for it. So it sits a little higher. So the ducting doesn't have to stretch as far. So that came in handy for theirs because otherwise it would have been on their dresser. And I was like, um, that's kind of iffy because it's like the same exact size as the unit. So and it's on wheels, so if anyone would have bumped the dresser and knocked that thing off, like there would have been water, probably would have broke something, probably would have broken my tiny ass mother in law. She's like five <laughs> two, so <laughs> probably. Yeah. She's just a little peanut. So So what have you been doing for KBN? Uh, we'll call it consulting. Consulting on two Consul- flips. You definitely evolved your business a lot more so than I did. That's, it's been very, very tricky because I am now a licensed real estate agent, but I'm not Yay. really doing real estate. I'm not buying or selling, but I'm working on properties so I can get into them because I'm licensed. Um, but it's just like muddying the waters, I feel like. Um, so that's why I haven't been posting a lot with Naughty because I feel like I don't want to tie in my real estate license to everything. And if you put stuff on social media, you have to have your real estate license number and I want to keep everything separate. So that's why you and I were talking a couple of weeks ago where I was like, I think I'm just going to change my page to my personal page. And it's like, this is everything I do on a daily basis. Like, which I guess would be more like vlog style versus yeah. so... Well, it sounds like you'd have more of a vlogging, like, home reno Mm -hmm. type of content. And I still feel like because it's either consulting or me doing, like, actual physical work that there would be a lot of content. And then we still have so many projects that I want to do for the house, so there would still be woodworking things. And it's one of those things that's, like, it's my page. What does it matter what other people think? Like, why am I overthinking it? You know what I mean? But it's like, in the next six months, where do I see my career path going? To, so that's why I haven't done it yet. Like, do I want to cons- like, do I want to consult? Do I want to full time woodwork? Like, what do I want to do? You know what I mean? So. Well, it's nice that you're, you have the choice to a point. Yeah. So through this lockdown thing, I feel like, it's kind of a blessing in disguise because it's made us work on stuff we wouldn't typically work on and kind of opening up some doors to new things, which is good. That's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, it's when you're, when you're in isolation, it gives you a lot of time to think. So, you know, you, by not going into a workplace or not like Amanda's not going into work, like it gives you more time to focus and think and figure out like what you want to do. You know, like you don't have as many distractions, like you don't have the people distraction, like your peers or your friends or anything like that. So even really family, because you're not supposed to be interacting with a lot of people, although like our shelter in place is starting to lift. So it'll be different, but I'm like, that was like 70 something days worth of like the ability to think and not have like the clutter of everyday life. Yeah, I get that. 
what's going on with Maker Experiment? Not signs. <laughs> we had squares for a bit. So, yeah. yeah. Short, short duration there. So, signs have not been doing that great because I think other small businesses don't see them as a priority right now. So, I've gotten people wanting quotes, but then I get ghosted all the time. And it's not like I haven't increased my prices or anything. My prices are where they've been for the last two years. And I've, you know, in the last two years, I've sold quite a few. So I was like, it it wouldn't make sense to all of a sudden drop my price. So I've gotten a lot of like in town things that are like, hey, can you cut this out for me? out of MDF and that's like I just cut it and hand it to them. Like those are kind of nice. Cuz I don't have to paint them or anything. And you don't have to deal with shipping. Yeah. And then I have somebody wanted a laser cut wedding uh guest book thing. So it's basically a 3 foot wide wooden cutout that their guests can sign. It's you know a Basically a wall-hanging version of a guest book. Hmm. So I cut that. I need to paint one of the background layers. And then somebody ordered mugs from, like, Canada. So I need. I ordered the mugs yesterday. So when those come in, I'll start engraving those. So it's been, like, a lot of one-off engraving jobs. Like, oh, engrave a mug here, engrave a mug there, cut this out. And then I had the squares, which lived for a day and a half. <laughs> it's so, like, it sucks that you asked for permission and you, you were given it and then it was rescinded when they saw how successful. The only was. reason I was given was they had negative feedback regarding design patents. So my guess is that's an internal negative feedback. I'm not sure, but I asked permission to begin with because I knew that, you know, it could be a patent related issue because, you know, it is a replica of what they did. So I talked to them and they said, yeah, go ahead. Cause you know, they were acrylic, they were different. They said, you know, you can do that, just don't share the design files. And then I one day after launching them, and then they shared it, they shared my Instagram post. Which brought me a lot of traffic. And then the day after they shared the Instagram post is the day I got the, we need you to stop selling them. It's like, well, okay. Like, that's unfortunate. They didn't take it down either. They left it no. up there. I yeah. had to pull it up, I was curious. Well, and then I've still gotten people that said, I'd like the link, I'd like to get one. I'm like, I, I'm not allowed to anymore, sorry. Like, I had to take it off the website. It happens. I, I sold 19 to... of them, I was pretty happy. Well, at least you got sales in before you were told to stop. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to fulfill those, but and do the giveaways still. But... I think it's something I want to look into is doing my own take 
on stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Because people seem to like what I did. Well, expect like I feel like like small scale shop tools like that, like specific kind of like woodworking tools and stuff, um, or templates right now are like such a hot item for makers to be making yeah. and selling and making like monetizing off of. I mean, I can't, I can't verify how accurate they are. So it's well, right. So it's more of a novelty type of thing, which I even told people, and they're like, "I don't care. I like the fact that I can change the colors." So, okay, as long as you know that. It's probably as square as my furniture already is. Well, it, yeah, same, like, same here. <laughs> <laughs> my squares were good enough for my woodworking. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel too. Oh my god, that's like um so the tile for our backyard is in that herringbone pattern. And like I never put anywhere online or said like this is what I'm doing, like I'm installing it. I guess people just assumed that I was posting it, so I was doing it. And like they're like, You're doing such a good job, and my immediate response is that's so much math to do a herringbone pattern. I'm not about to do that. Like <laughs> so with the square, like the amount of squares they had out in the backyard for these three guys to do oh, it. I'm sure. like, no, thank you. Like, and with that, like your starting points, like it's not like a house is ever square and anything's flush. It's never like, square, yeah. So, and they had to meet it up to my existing concrete patio, and then like three sides, like it's encased by three sides of my house. Like, screw that. Like, I was like, nope. I want that white glove service. I want to not have to do certain things. I wouldn't have done that one. Mm-mm. Like, that is not the, like, if I could just do, like, a standard layout of tile, like, maybe I would try a tile project. My first project would not be herringbone pattern, and I could only get 12 by 24 inch pieces of tile, and they needed to be cut down to 6 by 24. Literally the first day out here, they were out here for eight hours just cutting tile. Yeah, that's... Nope. That's rough. And it took three guys, three people, um, five days to do it. We know that would have been like a five month project for me. Oh, it would have been a year <laughs> for me. So, but too much math. Yeah, lately I've been trying to look at more passive income options, or at least things that are more off the shelf and less fully custom. I was drinking out of my KBN tumbler the other day, and someone I someone was very jealous that I had logoed like mugs for my coffee and i was like you work for a small business i know someone that could hook you up so yes you do i just need to make like when the world opens up again i'm just gonna go take a trip to vegas i can go see my friend that lives out there and then i'm just gonna bring like a hundred mugs that you can engrave and i don't have to pay to have them shipped to you or back yeah, that's the bad part with mugs is shipping is not cheap. They're not, yeah, because they weigh a lot and they're big. Well, that's the issue is I think it costs, depending on where it's going, if it's going across the country, it costs about 8 or $9 to ship one mug. I'm too cheap for that. Well, the that's why when I get orders of like 50 and I have to ship them, I tell the people, I'm like, just so you know, Shipping is going to be somewhere between 100 and 150 bucks. I just don't know until I get the actual package and weigh it. And sometimes that's the the 
part that they look at and they're like, yeah, never mind. I'm like, yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I sorry, can't. I can't control the cost of shipping. That's beyond me. So through all this, you haven't decided to start using your 3D printer with you making those little squares or wanting to make a, something similar to the square? Well, I mean, the problem is the print bed's like five inches, maybe. For not the, um, for the mint one that's five inches? The silhouette one? Yeah. Yeah, it's only like a five inch diameter. Yeah, but what about, don't you have another one? In a box. (laughs) But it's still got the same print bed size. Oh, got it. It's just a little baby. Yeah. So, I mean. Print a bunch of paint TPs. Well, and there's so many people with 3D printers that knock that stuff out that only focus on 3D printing. So it's it's almost like an oversaturated. Sometimes I feel like I would use the crap out of my 3D printer if I had it. And then sometimes I watch the prints that people are doing. And I'm like, how did you even figure that out? Well, remember... This little tiny dog that I printed took like 45 minutes. That's a really long time for something so small. It's just not quick. Yeah. Whereas the laser I can cut. Like I made, what was it? I made 20 magnets yesterday and it took like 16 minutes. Could you imagine trying to make 20 magnets on a 3D printer? No, thank you. It would take forever. But I uh, I started doing more YouTube. So the one video a week I've been able to keep up with for the most part. I won't say the videos are always like super intricate, like amazing projects. Because well, let's face it, like a video a week when I work full time... It That's a lot. It would be impossible. So I try to come up with some videos that are short. Well, short to make. But by the time you detail out everything you're doing, the video might be 10 minutes. But then no matter what you do, there's still some YouTube troll that's like, if you're going to do a how-to, you should show every step of the way. I'm like, I showed every step of my way. Now, if it's not like, I'm not doing it in real time. I was like, if you can't, if you can't take what I did in the video and figure out how to follow those steps and make it yourself, then you probably shouldn't be trying. I mean, I mean, that's like, and it it was on what video was that on? It was on oh my heat bent hat rack. I was like. Mm -hmm. The step was laser cut it out or cut it out the way you want. Okay, so I didn't cover exactly how I designed it. That was the only step. Yeah. Yeah, that was the only step I left out. Other than that, I'm like, I showed how to heat bend the acrylic. You're all, that's what it was about, was heat it's bending. Like, the whole point was how to make a heat bent acrylic hat rack. It's like, I don't know what step I left out, but then they didn't respond to that. I'm like, I don't. I don't know what's what step you think I left out. But that's the problem. They come on your video, they troll you, and then they leave. What are you using to edit your videos? Uh, Premiere Pro. Oh, 
Because I already have to bite the bullet one day. I already well, I already pay for Illustrator, so um, I buy it as the set or whatever. The cloud, or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, the suite. I think that's what we're going for. I've been using. Well, I bought Affinity Designer on Think for Black Friday or something like that. So I've been editing. I've heard that's really good. It's so user-friendly and i don't know if it's because like back in the day i had to use photoshop and stuff like that so it's pretty similar um but i've had pretty good luck for it or with it and then um the only thing i can't figure out is like how to properly like resize an image but like the image overlapping and erasing and filtering through and like changing colors on i'm like this is like really easy and it's only 30 well, I paid 35 bucks for it and I own the license now um so I was money That's well spent cheap. Yeah. but I need to get something for video editing because like I've been using it to watermark photos like the affinity um but I want to be able to like watermark my videos that I do and right now when I video edit I just do it on my phone with splice and it's not bad especially because when I got it it was free and I grandfathered into the fact that they're like pretty legit now. And it's like, like a $10 a month subscription or something like that. Um, but to take it like up a step with videos. And now that I have my gimbal, I'm going to do even better videos. Um, da Vinci, I think is free. And you could do like a layover with the watermark and stuff. I believe so. Hmm. I'm going to have to write that use... down. I only use Premiere because I am already paying for the bundle from Adobe, which I will not say is cheap. And honestly, if I are if I didn't already know how to use Illustrator, I probably would be using Affinity Designer. But part of it's also I get clients a lot that say will an adobe illustrator file work because it's like the standard mm -hmm. for graphic design from a vector standpoint so it's kind of nice that i can just be like okay yeah i have that just send me the file as is i don't have to you know try to deal with 50 different file types right but then you get people where I say, yeah, can you send me a vector file? And then I give them examples, like AI, SVG, EPS. And then they send me, they're like, here's the vector file. And it's like a JPEG. I'm like, that's not a vector file. Um, I think the thing that I'm having issues with is like, I can exp So when you save an affinity file, it saves as like an affinity file. Yeah. And it doesn't work in anything else. But you can export it as like a PNG, SVG, mm -hmm. anything like that. So I guess because I don't have as much knowledge as a like as a true designer or whatever, sometimes I need a PNG, but it doesn't um adjust like an SVG. And I don't know what the happy medium is. Like if I save it as an SVG, will I lose the background like a PG PNG? Like that's what I want. SVG like, is basically your. It's basically going to be the same as your Affinity file. It just means that, like, if you saved an SVG out, mm -hmm. 
I can open it in Adobe Illustrator right. and be able to tweak the lines and well, because I like because the SVG resizes and it matches up the whole time. That's what I like. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it keeps its scale. Yeah. But with the PNG, it doesn't. But I need some no. images to have no background, like a PNG. So I need the image to be without a background and for it to be resizable. So I guess I just don't know what file has to stay as a vector. So stay as a vector file. So it can be your affinity file or SVG or EPS. Oh, I could do EPS AI. too. And that. Okay. See? But they, but you can only open those files with Affinity Designer or some other vector program. Like you can't open an SVG file and upload it to like a website and have it appear as an image. Got it. Won't it. Work. And that's, I mean, the only use the only time I ever use a PNG is when I need the background to be transparent. Otherwise, I just use JPEG because JPEG is is typically a smaller file size. Got it. Got it. See, this there's just so much to making. There's too many layers sometimes. Well, keep in mind, I've been I've been working with that junk since like. 2012. I know it's just like it's like oh I just want to cut some pieces of wood and it's like well if you want to do it for the gram. Then you got to also learn how to digitally design and take pretty photos and edit. I will say that it gives you a lot of skills that could complement if, if you worked full time could end up being a complement mm -hmm. to whatever you're doing and could lead to different job opportunities that you wouldn't have thought you would have done based on your degree. Yeah. Does that makes sense. Because I feel like you get running a small business, you get a little bit of like the financial mm -hmm. aspect, but you get that, you get a little bit of financial background. You get a little bit of the purchasing background because you're trying to search around for raw materials or whatever. You get some more design background. I won't say I want to be a video editor because there's people that are way better than right. I'll ever be. But it's you, you gain a little, so you gain the knowledge behind it so that if you need to work with people in the company, you have a better understanding of what they're doing and what they need and all of that stuff, which I think makes you a better, you know, all around employee yeah. at times depending on where you work so it's well and then you know from a making standpoint if you're somewhere where you're building something it gives you a better understanding of how things go together and how things have to be done and all that jazz i just feel like i already wear like many hats and have many skills and like now to have the skills that i like to use it's like you need more more hats and more skills to do that. So <laughs> it's like this whole oh, freaking yeah, can the... of worms. Like to be good at one it thing, really it's is. like you have to know how to do 20 things to line up with that. Well, especially when you start documenting yeah. it. Like the minute I started doing more YouTube is the minute that video editing and camera angles and all that stuff is starting to come it's into play. And I'm not great and at it. And it's such an expensive, so. like, wormhole of stuff. Like, because you have to buy all your equipment and then 
add more time into doing everything. It's so however you want to count your expenses, whether it's just like purchasing or is your time the expense or any of it. It's just like, geez Louise. When I did my camera equipment on the cheap, because mm-hmm. I, I bought a refurbished DSLR through Canon. So I think I paid maybe 1100 bucks for my DSLR with two lenses. And then I bought another battery like four months later. And then I bought the GoPro, and that's really... I need to buy a new tripod because mine is, like, slowly breaking. It claims it can handle a DSLR weight, but over time, like, it's starting mm. to droop. See, maybe you should use that 3D planner so, thing to make a better base for it, or you attach it to the tripod. I don't I don't think that it would... It, the one I have is metal, and it mm. doesn't hold that well. So I don't think a plastic one is going to help. But it's... The other thing is I've also started to learn or find more people around. So there's a guy in town that does plasma cutting. That's cool. So if I need things like cut out of metal, I have Mm -hmm. that now. And then Ken got his giant CNC set up. So I have that if I need to get something cut. So it's... I'm slowly building that network of people that can... I can outsource stuff too if I can't do it. So now it's, if a client comes to me and they're like, I want this, it's rare that I'm like, I don't do that or don't have that ability. And usually that stuff's like, oh, I want a neon sign for the side of my building. Like, I I can't do that. So, other than that though, just trying to learn. I did invest in something that's supposed to hopefully ship soon, which is a thermal printer. Oh, finally. We've only talked about it for a year. I, well, it's because I sold those squares mm-hmm. before I was told I can't anymore. And printing that many, like one by one and cutting them out and taping them, will probably use up like half the ink cartridge because the printer's not efficient with its so, usage. I think that's all. like an essential tool for a small business owner that no one thinks about. It's like having a good home printer. Like, I don't think a lot of people know what a thermal printer is. Well, go ahead and inform the people. Well, I well, mean, I know what your thermal print, printer is, but I just mean even like a printer in general. Like, that's my little segue. Like, because... Even printing, like, if it's invoices or whatever to include into your mm-hmm. your shipments, like, yes. ink's expensive, like, you're not, it, your home printer's slow, like, just stuff like that, so. Well, really, if you have a small business, just never plan on printing in color. Well, right. Because that's, that's going to be your biggest waste. So if you print, or if you print stuff and it's only ever black and white. You need like the what is it called? The normal printer. It's not inkjet anymore. Um, I don't remember. It uses like a black toner instead of like ink cartridges. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up because that's gonna bother me. Because you don't want one that uses like normal. Ink cart. I think it's a laser uh, printer. Yes. 
that basically it's like every office has yeah, these that, where it just prints in black and white and that's it and it's that's fast. That's what I need. I have a dust jet and it sucks and I feel like while it sits there, it just so you probably need a laser leaks jet. out ink. So it's like by the time I need to actually go print something, there's no ink in it anyways. And then if I have to print something, I'm like, of course, it's like 20 pages. I mean, there are colored versions but unless you print in color because i'm pretty sure these use like a toner cartridge and not a printer ink cartridge no one understands owning a small business is so expensive they're like that's so cool because of all the infrastructure your work you're your own boss you don't have to report to anyone that's so there's so much that goes Mm. into this it's ridiculous it's like because then you have so the ink or the printer i bought is a thermal printer so it it basically requires the specific labels that are typically limited to like four by six. So they're meant for shipping labels or like small barcode tags or that kind of stuff. But it never requires ink. It just uses heat in the uh, printer itself. So really all the only thing you have to buy is the labels. So over time it saves you a lot of money on ink. So I finally bought it for when I have to ship these things out. I think it costs a hundred and eighty something dollars after the printer and the mm-hmm. labels, because I had a discount code for ten percent off. So you have that kind of stuff. Then you have boxes and bubble wrap and computers and all of these little things. Granted, I'm buying them like piece at a time whenever i can afford it and then just dealing finding a way to deal without it if i don't have it because you can always deal without it but to be more efficient and everything eventually you want to buy things that are going to help it's like literally you have to spend money to make money that's what it is all the time yeah yeah I actually did pretty well for a while where I didn't have to buy any more tools or supplies. Well, I had to buy supplies. I know. That's what I feel like it shifts to. Like, it's like you finally get your shop set up to whatever kind of goods you're making. Like, you have all those expenses out of the way. So, all you have to Mm -hmm. buy is, like, materials per project or whatever. And then it's all this back-end stuff that no one realizes you have to buy. Yes. And that... Well, then it's subscriptions Mm -hmm. to design softwares or the design software fees... I did drop QuickBooks and switched to Wave, so, you can save so I don't have that fee anymore. And then, what else was there? There was something else. I think my only, like, monthly... Well, and then we have the TriCast every month. And then my website just got renewed, so that's, like, 300 Yeah, I, find, I closed down my website because that was just, you know, you're paying 20 bucks a month, whatever, or... For the year, it averages out to like 20 bucks a month. And it's just like I was getting the kind of traffic that I didn't really want because it's a lot of like messages from like vendors and stuff like that of products you'll never use. And it was nice having a landing page, yeah. but it's like at the same time, would I don't know, like I want to be more selective if I decide to take on a project or like a lot of the stuff is referral based anyway. So I don't need a landing page like that. Like I just need to make a like a one-on-one yeah. meeting and sell my services that way. So it was just not worth the expense anymore. And I still own the domain if I decide that I need to bring it back for any reason. 
So that's one thing I also did during quarantine is updated the portfolio part mm-hmm. of my website. So it's a little bit cleaner. So now if you go to my portfolio, you can see like signs based on the type of sign. So wooden signs, acrylic signs, LED signs. So I updated all that. And now since I'm doing more YouTube videos, I've made it a point that every single YouTube video gets a blog post. Uh And then that blog post gets uh, pinned on Pinterest. And then I recently got back on Instructables so that if it's a project that's like a a how-to project, I'll then take the blog post as I wrote it and then basically copy it all and paste it into the Instructables format and make an Instructables about it. So I'm trying to put everything I do in multiple Mm -hmm. places to try and generate more traffic. So... Oh, and then I try to send an email to my mailing list that's getting slowly built up. I get it. Uh, every time I send I out a new video. I get it twice from you for some reason. I did. You may be, you may have two emails okay. on it. I don't know. It's just funny because I'm like, he really wants me to know what's happening at a make, maker Sorry. experiment right now. <laughs> well, and the thing is, is like, so I have Shopify for my mm-hmm. website. People get added to the mailing list when they check out. But they also have the option to voluntarily sign up to get some benefit at the beginning. Like there's Mm -hmm. a pop-up. And if they do that, they get some discount. But either way, they still end up on the mailing list. But they can always unsubscribe later. But it's one of those things where... I'm trying to be more diligent about because I forget what book I read. It was something by, I think it was the uh, story brand Mm -hmm. one that I read a a long time ago where they said you know don't be afraid to push yourself like whatever you think is too much is probably still not enough because you're you need to constantly be putting stuff out so you're in front of people. So I've been trying to keep that in mind. It's like, okay, well, I'm on Instructables. Now it's on Pinterest. Now it's on my blog. Now it's on YouTube. Now I post it to Instagram. I'm trying to make that. I'm trying to be better about it, I should say. It's a lot of work. Don't get me wrong. Like a ton. And then I put affiliate links for all the materials or supplies i use in all the videos sometimes they get clicked sometimes nothing happens occasionally somebody will buy something i get like 18 cents but hey (laughs) but i think it's all a volume game i think the biggest thing is when you get to where when you build your channel to a point where you have that 50 60 100,000 subscribers like on youtube like, if I'm getting, like, 20 people to click them now at, like, 2,000 and something subscribers, right. how many people will click them when it's 100,000 yeah. subscribers? And then whenever I can finally get swipe up on Instagram, that'll help. So I can say swipe up to go to the YouTube video. Because now all the time I have to say link in the bio. 
which immediately means people are not yeah. going to click the link. It's so bio. funny because sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't really want to watch this video, but it's like, oh, because I could swipe up, like I might as well because it makes it a little bit easier when you have like that yes. slight in- intrigue. It's you know what I mean? Game. But it's like, okay, I might as well. So that that's what I'm shooting for is that swipe up. The big old milestone right there. there. But the hard part is you'll have to be like 10,100 in order for it to be like secured instead of that like back and forth thing. Yeah, that's (laughs) very true. Well, and it's that's just one of those things where I refuse to post the type of content that I know will get me there because I I feel it's too off-brand or just not me you mm-hmm. know what i mean it's like okay yeah i can do 50 epoxy pours in a row and i'd probably shoot me right over <laughs> but i don't know it's it's not been an easy road at all it's definitely like you like head down plow through work towards the long game well, that's the biggest thing, right, is I don't know how many people, like, flew by me with those kind of posts that I just don't want to post. And you have to you have to make that decision, right? Is it, do you want to continue to stay you, or do you want to, I guess it's my, the Instagram version of selling yeah. out, where you just do whatever content you know will get you there. Because the minute the minute I would pass the milestone, I know that I wouldn't want to post that content anymore. And then you're not the person those people followed in the first place. That's why, like, I feel, so, I definitely feel. I feel it's more about the quality than it is the quantity. I feel lucky to be able to run my business like based off of what I'm doing and not based off of sponsorship, like yeah, my actual physical time. I and I think that's just like. The hard part because like the maker slash content creator thing has become so like interwoven that you're on Instagram and you're watching these people and it's like, oh, they're just sponsored sellouts. And it's like, well, are they a content creator or they are they like a small business owner that is making stuff? You know what I mean? Like, I guess that's what if you get a sponsorship out of you being a furniture maker full time, like that's understandable. But now like you've also walked into the world of content creation because you have to have the sponsored posts. So like, I'd rather be able to do what I'd like make my money off of like what I'm actually doing. And it's, then it's just like not behind the scenes stuff. It's just like, I just don't post everything that I'm doing. So I don't really, I don't have like forced sponsored posts Mm -hmm. or anything. Like, the Johnson Plastic stuff I do is I just have to tag the company name when I do something with something from them. And it's... I don't post it as sponsored because I don't actually make... Well, there's also... Money off of it without people, like, clicking on it. There's also the organic way of doing it where it's, like... I yeah. I work with Johnson's Plastics, like it happens to be a Johnson's Plastic, like acrylic that I'm yeah. using for this thing. But when people are getting sponsored by like woodpeckers, and it's like, here's literally just a photo of my square in place, and it's like hashtag sponsored, like ad, blah blah blah, and it's like, 
use it organically. Like literally show me how you're using it and why that's beneficial for me to purchase versus like, oh man, I forgot that I have to put like make a sponsored post for this thing and I didn't put any time or effort into it. There's a lot of people that don't put time. That's what I get. I think like everyone gets so frustrated with. It's like, you're just sponsored. You're a sellout, blah, blah, blah. You're just posting pictures of like your arsenal of what they gave you for free. And it's like, and then you, a lot of the times those people never use those items that they get for free. It's like, no, like sell it to me. Show me what the benefit of you having that item in your shop is. Yeah. I mean, my, I mean, the, the tool I use the most is obviously my laser, but I don't, you know, I'm not sponsored right. by a blog or anything. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> I just show, I wish, I just show what I do. And about once a week, I get somebody asking me questions about buying a laser. And then sometimes they want to, they want to talk to the contact I have at Epilogue. But beyond that, I mean, I don't have any right. benefit. There's and, and there's nothing wrong with like you use the tools that you like because you like them. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to obtain a sponsorship over everything you use. It'd be it'd be nice, exactly. but well, that's some people are like, well, why don't you get sponsored by you know whatever company? I'm like, because I don't want to use it. Yeah. Like I don't want to I don't want to get sponsored just to use a tool I'm gonna hate. I always wonder like what their like ROI is of them sending out these free tools like do people go and purchase it like is that really the most beneficial way of marketing i know some companies will quote unquote lend it to you and then once your affiliate link sells enough units you get to keep it but if it doesn't within a yeah so that's what happens is they sign some contract because i've seen the contracts and if they don't sell enough within a certain time frame, they will take Dang. it back. Good for them. So that's why you see some of these people like only posting that thing all the freaking time. And it's because they need to hit that mark or they forfeit the machine. I don't think. Which to me is not a good way to try and sell right. it either. Because then you're forcing people to shove it down other people's throats and that's not going to go well. But whatever. What do I know? I'm not in marketing. <laughs> so. And anymore, giving away product to try and generate traffic on Instagram is far less beneficial now than it was a year ago. Well, I feel like it's all the same stuff. Like the same brands we're seeing still giving it away. Well, it's not even that. Even as like me, if I were to give away a sign a year ago, I could have gained, you know, four or five hundred followers from doing something like that and getting a shout out from somebody with a hundred thousand followers. If I do it now, because I did a sign for somebody with like two hundred thousand followers, I got one. Jeez. It held no benefit whatsoever. I think people are are like absorbing and digesting different content too and they're using social media for different yeah. things so to figure out how to evolve with that makes it difficult you can't just piggyback off when of you... someone else's success anymore correct and like you said before you can't control how your 
quote-unquote client uses or portrays whatever mm-hmm. you did. Like you said, you they might take a picture of just the tool and that's it. Or it may be somebody that actually goes through and does a video of how they utilize the right. tool, which is more beneficial. You can't control what they do. You can ask them to do a certain thing, but it doesn't mean that right. Because even do if you agreed to certain terms, like what are you going to do? Go repo your sign because they didn't market it the way you expected yeah. them to. Which is completely yeah. custom. <laughs> You're like, no, screw you. I'm just going to go throw this away now. When I did one, so I did one, and this was one that was like, I'll do it if you do like an Instagram post or whatever, and because they wanted me to pay to have them post it to like YouTube mm-hmm. or something. And that should have been like the red flag of how this would go. So they got it, took a picture of it, horrible picture, shared it. Their their post would typically get like 30, 40,000 hits. This one got like 2,000 hits because they took an awful picture. They didn't display it well. And then I was like, do you have any numbers on it? Because, you know, I haven't seen a lot of traffic from it. And their response was, well, building up your social media takes a long time. I was like, yes, I know that. But that didn't answer my question at all. So that one was a complete bust. But it was a learning point because that was one where I had designed this really cool project that I thought would be awesome. And then because of the whole, like, they wanted me to pay to have them do a YouTube video or pay to do more than one Instagram post. I was like, well, if you're, if you're wanting me to do all that, I will make you an MDF sign that's stupid simple because you don't appreciate the value of what I was trying to give you. I was like, you're going to get a sign worth 1200 bucks and you wanted me to pay for you to share it at the beginning of a YouTube video just to say, that's hey, this is... That's better than my friends and family discount. But I mean, that's... What I'm saying is people... These quote-unquote influencers are getting a skewed version because that one company will pay them five grand to do a 10-second thing. Yeah. Or whatever. And I, I mean... They just assume that because they have all these followers that they should automatically get five grand from everybody. It's like, no, like that's like, no wonder wonder you think you're a big deal. Like no wonder. Yeah. They have that arrogance. Well, then, you know, it's just one of those things where I can appreciate somebody that has built their follow, like Mark. Mm -hmm. That has built their following. They have companies that back him. No question. He doesn't really shove things down your throat. He does it well. That's the kind of... Like... Sponsored maker... That I imagine being. Some of these other people are definitely... The complete opposite. I feel like... um... The other group is a like a little bit whiny too, like maybe because they're trying to compare themselves yeah. to like Mark, where it's like, well, like 
he doesn't even have to work so hard and people just naturally follow him. So I have to like bust butt and like, you know what I mean? It's. Well, that's the problem is people want it fast and they don't want to put in the work. Yeah. How long do you think, how long has he been running all his channels? Like a decade? You know what I mean? Yeah. At least a decade, I think. And that's, that's the thing, right? Because people will get to, you know, 50,000 followers, let's say. And they'll think that automatically means companies should pay them money all the time to post whatever. And don't get me wrong, like, I think your time is worth something. But if you got, like, you have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. So don't expect to shoot up to, like, 50,000 followers. Never um, do anything with that company. Like, never buy anything from that company and expect them to pay you to promote right. product. Because you never supported them before that. I don't... Like, no, I, I totally agree. Which, grant, granted, when we all start, we're all like, oh, it'd be so cool to get this thing for free. We, we yeah. all start there. I mean, who doesn't, like that, who doesn't want stuff for free? But it's like, I want stuff for free and I don't... I don't want to have to like continue to work for it is the problem. So I think like I would, tar- I'd probably be yeah. a terrible like content creator or like influencer because I wouldn't want to keep posting about like this, my free stuff. Well, the more videos I'm doing, the more I'm realizing that if I were to do something with a brand, it would have to be like a very specific brand. Yeah, It's not going to be just anybody anymore. And it's really only like, oh, there's like three brands I'd be okay working with. Because I've had other brands try to talk to me. And I'm like, I, I don't see how I'd use your mm-hmm. stuff without it looking forced. And I don't right. do that. I mean, you learn that over time. But that's how... It's not always apparent. It's also first, how you but... protect your small business. Like, take, protect your brand. Like, yeah. however, you, however you view it. If it's a small business or if it's a brand, so... I mean, for me, the machine I use the most is a laser. So it wouldn't make sense for me to like have a table saw sponsor. Because I only use it to rip down right. materials. That's really all I use it for. So it's it's things like that where you just have to figure out what you really want to do. But I do like that YouTube is getting monetized on YouTube is kind of nice because it at least pays for materials for doing the videos. So I'm not just like forking out money constantly anymore. Yeah, that's how that's how I feel all the time. Just like keep saying like a hundred dollars is the new twenty dollars. Like it really is, and it's like oh, like I just have to go run to the store real quick. Whether it's like Home Depot, Lowe's, or even the grocery store, it's like oh, I just need like one thing. It's like, oh, that one thing is now a hundred dollars. Like it's just I tell say all the time, I'm like, I'm just shitting money, like everything just to operate in life. It's just hundred dollars, hundred dollars, hundred dollars. And I'll go to the store and I'll be like, Oh, I need to get my wife Diet Coke. Okay, I go to the store and like sixty dollars later I'm walking out with it's like 
you know, all those memes about going to Target and leaving with like half the store. Dude, That's so how I feel luckily through time. this whole pandemic thing for Target, I've been doing the curbside pickup. So you're not walking up and down every aisle and like That's the problem. So like the amount of money I'm sure I've saved has been wonderful. It's not yeah. bad at all. And I definitely like the parking in my car and having it delivered into the back of my truck. That's not That's bad. A, dude, it's totally worth it. Like it, it my target is 5 minutes away, so it's like 15 minutes round trip and I'm done with my shopping. It's not bad at all. I like it. I will say that it's been this, I think this part of the small business, like when you're first getting started, which I really feel like you're first getting started for the first five years because you have to build. So this is what bothers me about all those um, things on Instagram that are like, oh, you know, start making twenty thousand dollars a month from home and then here's all the different things you can do and every single one of them requires that you have an audience to sell to right it's like how you can't just randomly i mean granted you can probably drop ship to amazon which i've heard is they take a big cut and it's a big pain Mm -hmm. in the butt but the other ones are like oh you know be an affiliate marketer for companies or what was another one like do sponsored posts like you realize you're talking about things that companies won't do with you until you have at least like 10,000 followers and building 10,000 followers is not something you're going to do overnight well 10,000 quality followers like yeah you can pay for 10,000 but what good is that so I feel like the whole, like the first five years is really you just building the audience that you can then either sell to or affiliate market to or whatever. And it's, I mean, I've been, I've really only taken YouTube seriously for the last like year, maybe. And it's just now getting to the point where people will click an affiliate link and I might make 10 Something. cents. Something. You have to start somewhere. Yeah. But that's what I mean. It takes forever. It's not something you can do overnight. And I applaud the people that have been able to make YouTube a full-time thing and drive a Lamborghini. Like, good on you. It's going to take a really long time for that to happen. But I also don't do vlogging videos like most of those people. That's going to be me. I'm going to be a vlogger with my gimbal. Yours would make sense to have like more vlogging you know, style. It's just have somebody follow you around with a that's camera. That's me. I keep the dude, the gimbal is sweet. Like that was worth every penny so far. It's been fun. Um but then you buy that and now I'm like, I need to get a new lens for my camera so I can get better wide wide, wide angle shots. So that's whole like, you know, you buy one thing and you have to buy four more things to make it better. Um but like that's I want to get a macro. That's lens. what I want. To do like as vlog style, like before and afters, or like work in progress and stuff like that. Because like, especially this project we have coming up, like, um, it has like 1940s original hardwoods in the house, and through the majority of the house, and then one of the bedrooms it looks like someone tried to catch it on fire, so it's like charred to shit, like all over. So I'm like, restoring those would be like a fun video, you know what I mean? But it's like, 
is it naughty that's restoring it is it my real estate company that's restoring it? you know what i mean so that's why i'm like it's too muddied so yeah i understand that. and then even like i've sent you some of the photos and the videos of our walkthroughs and stuff like that and, like the crap that we go see some of those are dude like, oh my it's gosh. interesting and then i just love everyone's like people live like that i'm like oh this is like not even impressive of like the worst houses i've been in yet so yeah <laughs> <laughs> my house is You're, just yeah. cluttered i'm like this is like literally i'm we i'm made actually if i were if i had an actual like shop shop there'd be a lot of stuff that's, that's what i feel like too if it, i was I would able to use my garage as like true storage like i wouldn't feel as yeah. chaotic but if my garage was true storage my house would have um, a lot of space so we'll see we'll see where what my channel goes to figure it out well i wish you luck no matter well, you what you i'll do. be consulting with you about it before i make any moves so because then i also have to think about our brand like maker vision podcast you know what i mean like and how we need to so we need to get better about our brand as maker vision podcast because we have been slacking with the whole pandemic because you and i are actually hustling so that's why i was like every well this is the yeah this is the problem is we don't have a third person anymore that's like bugging us. Well, I us think to... if we had an extra person, if we have any volunteers, it's like if we have an extra person, though, I feel like it could bounce out between your schedule and my schedule. You know what I mean? And we could do some episodes with three people or some episodes with two people. And then. Yes. Well, we used to be able yeah, to do that. Yeah, and right now it's been like, cra- like even today, we were supposed to cor- record Thursday originally. Then my in-laws air conditioner went out and they text me right when we we're getting mm. ready to record. And that takes precedent. Like to go get them an air conditioner versus recording a podcast. And then this morning, try to record, and I can't even find my freaking cable for my microphone. So if my audio is crap, it's because I had to finally find a headset, like like earbuds with a mic in it. So, like, that's... Because I've been moving my laptop around. My kid had to use his microphone because, you know, he had to go to school from home this semester. So... Well, there's that week that I worked, like... 900 hours. An 80-hour I know, because when, like... Now that you're back at your office and you're like, oh, I'm home by six. I'm like, I've been working since 6 a.m. I don't want to record the podcast at 6 p.m. Like, I'm done. I just want to go make dinner and sit on my butt. Well, that's usually how I feel when I get home after work. It's, it's, been, it's been busy, but it's been good busy. It's not like, it's like good exhausting, but I can still... At least yeah. it's I definitely feel spoiled because it's not like as physically exhausting anymore. And I feel very spoiled that like even when I'm getting like vanities for the like for flip projects, I'm like, I love that like everything's curbside pickup now. So Home Depot drops the vanities in the back of my truck and then I go take them to the project and the contractors have to come pull them out and I don't have to lift anything. So <laughs> I know. Nice. So when I actually go back to build something and I have to move sheets of plywood on my own, I'm gonna be freaking miserable. So the one thing I did find that was helpful in the last week or so. So I ran out of my blue spray paint that is like the specific mm-hmm. blue I use. Home Depot was completely sold out. Both stores. And I looked on Amazon and I was able to buy a six pack of spray paint for like three bucks less. Than I didn't I know you can Depot. get spray paint online like that. Evidently you can. Because it is in my garage cool. now. It was only like 23 bucks That's or 24 bucks for six cans. 
Not considering when I go to Home Depot, it ends up being like yeah. 30. Good to know. Put that on your affiliate so, links. So FYI, you can buy spray paint off of Amazon. And it. I was concerned about the color because the color that said the right color, but the image that it came up with was uh-huh, not the right uh-huh. color. So I was wondering what would happen, but it showed up Good. with the right one. So. Well, this is. FYI. I, well, we successfully made an episode, I think. I think it's a long one, too. I don't know, because yeah. my time got cut off. So. 109. Yeah. So. so until next cool. time. See ya. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, head to www.makervisionpodcast.com where you can purchase merchandise or donate. You'll also be able to join the email list to stay up to date with the podcast. Find us on Instagram at makervisionpodcast or join the Facebook group Makervision Tribe. Is there is there a way to do both? I feel like you're also freezing. I don't like that. Please hold for sneezes.